0: Hey, good to see you. My name's Lachlan, one of the pastors here, and I'm looking forward to continuing on in this book of Proverbs today. Uh, One of the things that strikes me as we jump in today is that no one one likes to be a fool. A foolish person does things that they regret. Uh, The fool acts, and then they have to face the consequences for their actions, those unpleasant consequences that could have so easily just been avoided. You hear that phrase, you fool. I wonder when you've heard that said of you. (laughs) I wonder when you've thought that of yourself. You've looked at what you've done, you've seen the consequences, and you've just gone, oh, you fool. No one likes to be a fool. The good news is no one has to be a fool. That's the point of this book of Proverbs, a whole book in the Bible dealing out wisdom for those who would just hear it and apply themselves to understanding it. So Proverbs 1 that we just had read for us. Have a look from verse 20. Hear this news that wisdom is there for all to hear. Proverbs 1 verse 20. Wisdom calls out in the street. She raises her voice in the public squares. She cries out above the commotion. She speaks at the entrance of the city gates. How long, foolish ones, will you love ignorance? How long will you mockers enjoy mocking? and you fools hate knowledge. If you respond to my warning, then I'll pour out my spirit on you and teach you my words." See wisdom here, she's calling out for everyone to hear. Wisdom wants to be known, it's there right in front of us if we just turn and listen. See the blockage to being wise, it's not mental capacity. It's not that the fool lacks the mental apparatus to learn wisdom. No, no, the blockage is a moral one. See that in the way wisdom talks? The fool loves his ignorance. The scoffer enjoys her scoffing. It's not about how intelligent you are or aren't. It's about how willing you are to humbly learn from others. Now, in particular, wisdom is about how willing you are to humbly learn from God. If you cast your eyes back up to verse 7 of Proverbs 1, we read this the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. So you have to be godly to be wise because the only wisdom by which we can handle everyday matters is the wisdom of the God who made everything. The God who created this world is the same God who sustains this world, the God who's directing everything towards his desired end. And so to not not fear God, It'd be kind of like being a character in a picture book who shakes their fist at the illustrator and says, why did you draw me like this? As they're trying to step out of the pages of the book. That's a foolish underestimation of your limits. And it's a foolish overestimation of your power and your wisdom. We're creatures made by a God who is ruling this world. And so the first step of wisdom is to recognize that reality, to recognize that you're a created being and to develop a healthy submission to the God who created you. And so that's what we're gonna embark on today. We're gonna come to God and look for his wisdom on this particular topic of friendship. Now, If you're tuning in today and you're not a Christian at the moment, look, I think you'll actually find these principles of wisdom for friendship, I I think you'll like them. I think you'll find them desirable. That's because God hes not out there to spoil your fun. Uh, he's out there to give you true life. He wants to give you wisdom so that your life will work out well. Have a look at this promise. Uh, It comes in the book of James in the New Testament. God promises this, if any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and without criticizing, and it will be given to him. God is promising you wisdom. He wants to help you live a life that runs with the grain of the universe that he has made. So lay hold of that promise. Let's not live foolishly. Let's not be so proud as to think that you know, you're the wisest person that currently lives on the earth. Uh, even if you are pretty wise, as far as people go, you're not as wise as God. And so call out to him for wisdom and then listen to what he says. Now let's pause and pray now and ask God for wisdom today. Father, we praise you as the all-wise God. You've created us. You have a plan for how we should live out our human lives in community with one another. So please, this, please today, give us your wisdom. And we ask that with confidence. We know that you've promised to give wisdom to any who ask you for it. And so make us a people who are wise friends, faithful friends, intentional in the company that we keep. And we ask this for your glory and for our joy. Amen. Well, this COVID season of lockdowns and isolation, it's reinforced a point that the Bible makes clear. We were created for relationships. Yeah, Relationships are messy, they're painful, and they, they take energy. And yet there's something that keeps dragging us back to other people. We need them. God created us as social beings. And yes, I'm even talking to you introverts, We introverts are made as social beings. We need relationships. And that's because God is himself a relational being. The triune God is the Father, Son, and Spirit, existing in an eternal bond of love. One God in three persons who have related to one another from eternity past. And so God's relational, and he's created humanity for relationships. To relate to him, but also to relate to other humans. And that's why we feel loneliness. Perhaps some of you have been feeling that this year, even right now. We feel this longing for more connection because when we're just on our own, an isolated human, we're not acting in the way that we're designed to be. We're missing something that God's made us for. And so as messy as relationships can be, your life will be deeper, richer, more fulfilling, more more human when it's lived alongside others through that messiness, when you're dealing with those relational disappointments, growing in in patience, in forgiveness, in love. So with that as kind of a way of introduction that we need relationships, let's zoom in and have a look at God's wisdom on friendships. We're not going to cover everything that there is to say on friendships, but we will glean some of the biblical wisdom that comes to us from this book of Proverbs. How can we be wise in relation to friendship? Well, the first nugget of wisdom for us is that the company we keep matters. Have a look at Proverbs 13, verse 20. The one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Again, Proverbs 22, verse 24. Don't make friends with an angry man and don't be a companion of a hot-tempered man or you will learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. And notice how proverbs, they're just good to read and reflect on and let them sit with you. And do you notice the common thread between those two proverbs? You become like the people you spend time with. There's an observation generally true about the world. If you spend time with wise people, you'll learn from them. If you spend time with angry people, you'll learn from them. If you spend time with fools, you'll get into trouble. Because foolishness leads to trouble and bad consequences. You know, this is why parents are concerned with the friends that their kids make at school. And maybe you've been on the receiving end of that grilling. Who are you hanging out with? Who are you going out with tonight? Parents ask those questions. They care because they recognise that there's a significant influence on you from your circle of friends. And that influence doesn't stop when you become an adult. Just because you develop some resistance to peer pressure, I hope you are developing some resistance to peer pressure, but you'll still be influenced by the people around you. You love what they love. Your opinions are shaped by their opinions. You become like the people you spend time with. And so God's wisdom tells us, well, be careful when you choose your friends. Maybe you think that's a strange thing to say, to use this phrase of choosing friends. But you do. You, you do choose your friends. You choose who to invest into, don't you? You choose who you're going to spend your time with. You choose who to invite over for meals, whose invitations to accept for meals. You can choose your friends. And so God says, Choose wisely. So what should we be looking for in choosing a good friend? If we're going to have to decide where we invest our time, what makes a good friend? Well, the first two Proverbs, they've highlighted for us that character matters. Look look for friends whose character you want to imitate. Look for friends whose character you respect and you want to grow to be like them. But there are four other things I want to highlight from the book of Proverbs, four things to look for in good friends. To help you remember them, they all start with the letter C. Kind of like an episode of Sesame Street today brought to you by the letter C, the number four. Uh, The first one is that good friends are close friends. Have a look at Proverbs 18, verse 24. A man with many friends may be harmed, but there is a friend who stays closer than a brother. Proverbs 27, verse 9. Oil and incense bring joy to the heart, and the sweetness of a friend is better than self-counsel. These proverbs pick up on the reality that there's a a difference between an acquaintance and a friend. An acquaintance is someone that you know, you, you know their name, you can talk about superficial things with them, you might know some members of their family, you may even have the occasional deep chat with them, but you're not regularly involved in their life. You don't know them to such a depth that, You could say you know what makes them tick. You you know their hopes and their dreams, their fears and their failures. I had a look at Facebook this morning. Uh, It tells me I have 1,645 friends. That's not true. (laughs) I don't have that many friends. I have 1,645 passing acquaintances who've decided they want to keep up with me on Facebook, but they're not friends. And We need to be clear on that difference. Real friendship is close friendship. Closer even than the high bond of family ties. Friends that stick, proverb says, even closer than a brother. And when you have a friend like that, who is that close, that oh, brings a sweetness with it, doesn't it? Yeah, friendship is enjoyable. Oh, not all the time we'll hurt one another occasionally, but on the whole friendship brings with it a joy as you, you share life alongside others. We might define friendship as a side-by-side walk in life, together headed in a common direction. There's a word companion that we sometimes use for friends that comes up in these proverbs. A companion comes from a word meaning to break bread together. If you speak French you, you'll be able to see the, the root coming up there, pump for bread, but A companion is someone that you invite over for a meal, someone that you regularly break bread with. Because when you have a meal with someone, hopefully you're not checking your phone at that point. You know, play the phone jenga game, stack them all up and punish the person who touches their phone first. When you have a meal with someone, you're talking to them. You're sharing life together, going over the day that's been, the week that's been, sharing the, the highs, the lows, the struggles, the emotions. Ideally, that's happening inside your home or inside their home, so you get to see life lived out. A companion, a friend, is someone that you share life with. There's that closeness that is oh so sweet. Now, we have an example of that with Jesus, don't we? Think about Jesus. When he walked upon the earth, Yeah, he engaged with the large crowds that came to see him. He extended warm love to them. But at the same time, he had his close circle of friends. There was the wider circle that included the 12 disciples, Lazarus, Mary and Martha, some others. But even within that, he had his tight circle, his inner circle, Peter, James and John, they seem to have been his core three. And as you read through the Gospels, it seems that we might be able to say Jesus even had his bestie, John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. So Jesus, wisdom in the flesh, He gives us this example of friendship that we can imitate. Numbers don't have to be the same as Him. You don't have to have 15 friends and a tight inner circle of three. But He shows us that, that while we're warm and friendly to all the crowds around us, we can't just have acquaintances. We need close friends. Now I do want to say that when we come together as a church, We need to hear the call to engage with the wider crowd, yeah? Churches can become very clicky when people just come on a Sunday and chat to their close friends. And don't do that. Set aside other time in the week to enjoy that closeness. Sundays are the time when you've got the chance to be with everyone. Don't just stick to your close friends on a Sunday. My general rule when I come on a Sunday, and this is when we can actually gather together again out of these lockdowns, but generally on a Sunday. The first person I talk to after the service will be someone that I've not met before. I want to take that first opportunity to meet someone that might be new or visiting that day or someone that's been around and I just haven't met them yet. And then after that, I'll go and talk to someone who I met a few weeks ago. Kind of keep building on that connection. And only then will I go and talk to the people that I'm more familiar with. That just helps me to keep loving the wider crowd and not just sticking to my close friends. Perhaps that's something you could give a go when we come back together as a church. But friendship. Good friends are close friends. You can still have acquaintances. They're good too and helpful and lovely. But you can't be friends with everyone unless you sacrifice the closeness of friendship. Well, alongside this closeness, our good friends are also constant friends. That's our second C, close and constant. Have a look at Proverbs 14, verse 20. A poor man is hated even by his neighbour, but there are many who love the rich. Now, the point of this proverb, it's not encouraging you to go out and make as much money as you can, because then you'll have loads of friends. That would be the wrong way of reading this proverb. This is a warning to the rich. It's warning the rich that you, know, you might seem like you have loads of friends, but be careful because many of them will just be fair-weathered friends. You know, the people that are there when you're on the up, when everything's going well, but once things start to go bad for you, they're nowhere to be seen. Don't be a friend like that. Don't only hang out with people when their life is good, but then avoid them when their life is bad instead be the friend of proverbs 17 verse 17. a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity good friends are constant friends they're for you in the good times and the bad times they'll laugh with you they'll cry with you they'll clean up your vomit after you they'll make soup for you they'll come to your birthday parties to your wedding The close friend is the one who, the constant friend is the one who'll drive half an hour to pick you up when it's 3am in the morning and you've had an accident. Do you have friends like that? Who's on your list that you would call at 3am in the morning if you needed to? The other question is, are you a friend like that? Are there people in your life who would feel comfortable to call you at 3am in the morning and know that you're gonna be there for them. Good friends are close friends and constant friends. Thirdly, good friends are candid friends. Now if that's a new word for you, candid uh, means honest, truthful, frank, You know, I had to make it start with C to help you remember. Uh, but yeah, good friends tell you the truth. That's what it means that they're candid. They tell you the truth uh, even when it might hurt. Have a look at a couple of Proverbs from chapter 27. Verse 6, The wounds of a friend are trustworthy, but the kisses of an enemy are excessive. Down in verse 17, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. If you only ever want to hear yourself puffed up with flattery, don't make friends. Just go get some enemies, and they'll love flattering you. But if you want to grow as a person, if you want your character to improve over time, if you want those things that you know in your character need to get ironed out, then get some friends who will tell you the truth, even if it wounds your ego for a time. Modern pop psychology seems to be telling us that we always have to speak positively, that positive reinforcement is the only loving way to speak, that friends are the ones who are around you going, don't listen to the haters. They don't really know you. You're wonderful. You're the the best person in the world. We're in a society that thinks people can be and do anything they want to. And friends we hear are the ones who are meant to kind of tell you, yes, you can be that. Yes, you can do that. You do you. You be who you are. The, The trouble is sometimes people want to be and do stupid things. And we need friends to tell us that. I'm sure you can think of times where you've needed someone to be honest with you because you've been going down a bad path. If you needed someone to point out your blind spot and go, Lachlan, can you not see that this is going terribly for you? You're being a fool. Wake up to yourself. What are you doing? This will not end well. We need friends who will see us in that state and who will have the boldness and candor to speak to us in those times. Friends are those who love us and rebuke us and help us to see the things that we're blind to. They ask us those challenging questions. Why are you dating her? Why are you breaking up with him? Why are you spending your money in that way? That's a waste. Friends are those who can come alongside us and who will receive that from because we know that they're on our side. They're candid, telling us the truth. I've got to say, this is one of the things that stood out to me about my wife when I met her. One of the reasons that I decided that she'd be a great woman to marry. Uh, I love her, I call it her brutal honesty. Uh, She is candid, Uh, not just because her name's Candy, you know, that matches up nicely as well. Uh, But Candy is wonderfully candid and she tells me when I'm missing things. She points out things to me that I haven't seen. I've got other friends who I love that do that for me as well. Uh, that's the the good kind of friend, the one who is candid, the one who is like iron sharpening iron. You know, when iron sharpens iron, it doesn't sound very nice, does it? It scrapes, it clashes, it's actually cutting off bits of the iron to make it sharper. It's painful. But by doing that, it makes that iron more fit for its task, more useful. And that's what happens when friends are honest with us. It may hurt but it's for our good. It sharpens us as a person. It makes us better fit for the task of living in this world. Do you have friends that tell you the truth? Are you a friend who tells the truth? Well, finally then, good friends are considerate friends. Proverbs 25, verse 17. Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house, otherwise he'll get sick of you and hate you. There's Proverbs being that candid friend for us right now. Uh, goes on again in 27 verse 14. If one blesses his neighbor with a loud voice early in the morning, it will be counted as a curse to him. You know, friends spend time in one another's houses and there's a reality there in Proverbs 25 that we've got to keep living that out in this modern world. You know? Don't shut off your home as your own private personal space that no one can ever come into. If you haven't had people into your house for a while, you should look to change that. Invite some people around. But good friends are considerate of the time that they spend in others' houses. Different people will handle you in their house for different durations and different regularities. There are some people who really mean it when they say, just pop around anytime, whenever you like, just come, knock on the door, and if we're home, we'll we'll hang out. Those are great friends to have, but not everyone is like that. Some people with their life circumstances, with the way that they're wired, they just can't handle someone knocking on their door at any random hour. And so the good friend is the considerate friend who gets to know how much their friend can handle, really how much they appreciate. They know when it's becoming too much. The good friend knows whether their friend is a morning person or a nighttime person and they tailor their interactions to suit their friend. Not everyone is the same. And this is why it it takes energy to be and have friends, right? Because it takes time to consider your friends. You have to think about them, to remember things about them. Who is this person? What what makes this person feel loved? What ticks this person off? You've got to consider those things. Be considerate. Well, there's our shortlist for good friends. They'll be close, constant, candid, and considerate. The company that you keep matters. We need good friends. We're made for relationships. But perhaps as you've been listening to all of this, you you might be starting to feel a bit down. You might be thinking, look, I, I don't have friends like that. Maybe you're hearing this and you're thinking, I don't think I've been a friend like that. Maybe I'm doing friendship badly. But what I want to say to you is that friendship doesn't happen by accident. It requires time and effort. And sure, there are some stages of life, school and uni, where friendship just seems to come pretty easily. You're spending lots of time together, friendship just seems to happen. But as life goes on, it won't just happen. We have to be intentional to maintain friendships. We have to be intentional to forge new friendships. And as our lives get busier, in these busy lives, whether we're single or married, we we need to intentionally set aside time, regular time, to be with friends. The early stages of a friendship, they'll take more time than once the friendship is actually established, but it always takes time. And so one thing for you to consider is, is there something you can lock into your calendar in the midst of your busy schedule? Actually put time in the calendar to hang out with friends. A connect group might be one of those times. It just goes into your calendar every week. You don't miss it for anything. Connect groups are great for getting to know one another as you open up the Bible and pray together. Now, it shouldn't be the only place where you're finding friendship. You know, connect groups will change over the years as we grow. We need to make space for more people to know Jesus. You, you can't always be in a group with your friends, but it'd be a great thing to have in your calendar now, just a regular, committed slot where you're alongside people, building that depth of relationship where you can be close and constant and candid and considerate. But what are the other times that you might lock into your calendar? What are those spaces where you can spend time with people? Is it a weekly meal? You just put it in the calendar the same night every week where you're going to invite people around? Is it a monthly coffee catch up? You just rotate between some friends and you get it in the calendar and you commit to it. Now, I remember when I was younger and uh, uh, there was cheap food around, one of the things that I miss about living in Auckland. I can't seem to find the cheap food here, Uh, but it used to be on a Monday night my friends and I were committed to going to the local pub for the $10 steak. And if you know where I can get a $10 steak in Auckland, let me know, great deal and I'll come hang out with you and we can catch up and be friends. Uh, but we used to just lock that into the calendar. Monday nights was the night where we'd go down to the pub and we'd hang out together. Now sometimes meetings came up and we had to cancel, but uh, most of those Monday nights, I'd be messaging out the people going, hey, you're coming along tonight, keen to catch up. It was just great to have that regularly there. It had been 24 hours since we'd done church, so we'd had some time to digest what we'd heard at church. and We'd often spend that dinner chatting about how the start of the work week had gone, uh, how the things that we'd learnt on Sunday had started to play out in our lives. Uh, That was something that I really loved. Now that looks different as life's gone on and I've gotten married and uh, Candy and I now set aside different times where we're just committed to catching up with people. Investing into friendships, building those friendships. What are those times that you're going to stick into the calendar? The reality is we, we simply cannot invest the same amount of time and attention in every relationship that we have. And so wisdom may require not just making friends, but in some cases it will require the breaking of friendships or at least the loosening of certain ties. That would be friends that you, you realise you don't have time to invest in as many people and you need to cut it down. You can keep all the acquaintances, but as you're looking for the close friends, you, you zoom in. Or it might be that you notice some friends that you've got that are actually bad company and you need to cut off their influence from your life. But keep an eye out for those good friends that you can invest into. Keep an eye out for people who have shown traces of those good elements of friendship. If you've seen a a hint of loyalty from someone, if their character is one that you want to imitate, invest there with your own loyalty. See, the best way to have good friends is to be a good friend. You take the initiative to spend time together. You be the one who sends the message that arranges the time to hang out. If you see them in need, whether that's a small or a large need, you be the one who steps in to help out. Now, in saying all of this about friendship, the only thing that can empower good friendship is the gospel. Because we're all sinful people. Relationships will be messy, we'll hurt one another, we'll let one another down. But we worship the God who is the friend of tax collectors and sinners. We worship the God who laid down his life for his friends. And if you're tuning in today and you're not a Christian, this is the heart of the Christian message. That though you've offended God more than you know, God also loves you more than you know. And God has done what it takes so that you can be reconciled to him. He's done what it takes to lay aside your offences so that you can be forgiven and return to Him as your God who has a good plan for your life. Will you be God's friend? Or will you keep your distance from Him? The decision's yours. But friends, we we worship the God who is the ultimate friend to us. By His example of forgiveness, by the gift of His Spirit, He gives us the power to forgive one another. He gives us the energy to be loyal to one another just as he is faithful and loyal to us. And with Jesus' example before us, in the midst of all that we've said about good friendship, we need to remember that whatever else we are as friends, because we're Christians, we have to also be the friend to the friendless. So don't turn what you've heard today into an excuse to only spend time with the people who you'd like, even if you weren't Christian. We do things differently because we serve a God who is different who's the father of the fatherless, one who cares for the orphan and the widow. So if you've seen someone around church who looks like they're in need of a good friend, be that friend for them. It might not look like instantly you'd you'd naturally get on, but friendship's not just about getting on in the natural things. As you walk side by side in life, as you go through things together, joys and pains, friendship will grow and blossom. So have that person round for meals, the person that seems a bit isolated, that seems a bit alone. Invite them to join you for church in your home next Sunday. As well as inviting the people who might naturally make you laugh. Friends are necessary. So be a good friend. One who's close, constant, candid, and considerate. Let's pray. Father, we see in Jesus such a wonderful example. You are one who befriends sinners like us, people who let you down, people who break your trust. Thank you that you're close with us, that you're constant with us in good times and bad. You tell us the truth in your word. You're considerate towards us, sympathetic with us. Thank you for being such a great friend. With you, we are never truly alone. But please also give us good friends and empower us to be good friends